his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Welcome back to Drive Time with DeRussia. Jason is off. Sitting in, I'm Dave Schrader here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Since we began today's show discussing fun and fascinating facts about the holiday season, I thought it would be interesting to discuss some strange and interesting places hidden in plain sight right here in our great state of Minnesota. Did you know that Judy Garland, famous for the classic Wizard of Oz, was from Grand Rapids, Minnesota, and they have a museum dedicated to Judy along with the home that she spent her first four years of life in. And uh, there's a lot of really cool artifacts and pieces that they have there, including a special pair of ruby red slippers that were used in the movie and just recently returned to the museum after being stolen nearly 20 years ago. We also have the Museum of Quackery and Medical Frauds in St. Paul. The Wabasha Street Caves are home to tales of gangsters, ghosts, and more. The gravestone of Paul Bunyan is in Kelleher a town that even boasts the fact that they have the official death certificate. Then there's a museum dedicated to spam. Well, the food-like substance. I'm very cautious with how I say that. Not the junk mail on your computer. Jordan, Minnesota has the largest candy store. Darwin, Minnesota shows off the world's largest ball of twine. There's a statue of Friday the 13th Jason Voorhees at the bottom of a lake in Crosby, Minnesota. And speaking of statues, Bemidji also has Paul Bunyan and Babe, the blue ox. Belgrade has the world's biggest crow. And Minneapolis has a large blue uh, rooster right here in our town. Washburn Park Water Tower is a site and location that looks like it belongs in medieval Europe, not in Minneapolis. And there's a mysterious stone with Viking writing that has been perplexing the state for decades with its meaning and mind-boggling history and that's right in Alexandria, Minnesota, in a museum you can visit. It's the Kensington Runestone. We're here to dig into those last two with my first guest in this hour. Scott Walter is uh, with us, and uh, he is my go-to guy when it comes to interesting facts. He is a forensic geologist, a TV personality, and more, and a good friend of mine. Thank you for being here again with me, Scott. Dave, thank you for having me, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about these. But I got to say, Jason Voorhees at the bottom of a lake? I never knew that. Yeah, see, it pays to know me too, Scott. You don't know all the secrets <laughs> of Minnesota. You can go visit and uh, see him chained to the bottom of the lake like he was in one of the uh, Friday the 13th movies. So, see? Yeah, I, I remember that. That's awesome. Well, that's a fun fact I never knew. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of fun facts, I'm out, uh, Dan, one day driving and, and hanging out with my buddy, 
Scott, and first he takes me over to see this gorgeous mural of Prince that sure. I did not know existed. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, hey, Dave, how'd you like to see something really special? And I'm like, yes, let's do this. And he goes, I want to take you over to the Washburn Water Tower. And I'm like, wow, that sounds incredibly boring. Let's go. (laughs) And we pull up, and there is this kind of beautiful structure built that, had I not been taken there to look at, would have missed entirely. Have you ever ever heard of this? I have not, no. It's it's pretty remarkable. Can we start there and talk a little bit about the Washburn Park Water Tower? And... uh, like I said, it looks like it belongs in medieval Europe. What's it doing in, in Minneapolis? <laughs> well, it's, it is an amazing uh, structure, and it's hidden in a little place called Tangletown. And it's called Tangletown because the roads that you know, lead up to where this water tower is, it's on a high prominent spot. Um, they don't really go in a north-south, east-west directions. You you have to drive around, and if you don't know where you're going, you can you can completely miss it. But then, you know, if you do know where you're going and you pull up, it's like all of a sudden this beautiful, majestic tower just appears. And it's made of concrete, and um, encircling it, it's octagonal in shape, eight, and that's a very important number to certain traditions, like the Knights Templar. And there are eight Templar knights holding their swords that are guarding the water tower, guarding the life-giving water, right? And then above it, there are, and this is all made out of precast concrete, and up, up above, there are eight eagles that sort of stand perched, looking out over the horizon, you know, guarding this tower, and it, it doesn't seem to make any sense. The architecture is completely unique. It was actually designed by uh, an architect by the name of Harry Wild Jones, who lived just a couple of blocks down the street from where the tower is now. And what's really interesting is when I was digging into this thing a while back, I found out that Harry Wild Jones was a Freemason. And he was also very good friends with another guy whose name escapes me at the moment. But there was actually a tunnel that led underground connecting the two homes. Now, I know that begs a lot of interesting questions and speculation. I don't know what that was about. But I do know that um, one day I pulled up uh, to, you know, I was driving in the area. That a guy was mowing his yard in the old house where Harry used to live. And I asked him about the tunnel. And he said, yeah, it's still there, but it's blocked off. So you can you can wonder about that all you want, but um, that's a fact. Scott Walter, are you trying to tell me in a roundabout way that hidden in Minneapolis is the final resting place of King Arthur and the Ark of the Covenant? I didn't say that. That's (laughs) pure speculation on your part. (laughs) Maybe at least the uh, seven herbs and spices from from the Colonel's recipe. You know, that's actually believable. But that Ark thing, not so much. Not so much. All right. Yeah. One more fun fact that's interesting about the tower is uh, my father was an airline pilot. He flew for Northwest Airlines, and the Washburn Water Tower is one of the sighting points for planes that are coming into Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport uh, along the, you know, from the western side of the city, and they use the water tower as their last line of sight before they hit the runway. So if you go out there, if you stand there for more than five minutes, a plane is going to fly over. 
And, uh, you know, my dad is no longer here, but I have to sit and speculate and wonder. Dad must have looked at that water tower, you know, a thousand times. He flew for 25 years, but he never said a word about to me. I'm a little disappointed. Well, maybe he was unaware of the importance of this. And it's just available. People can go up and walk around it, see it, take photographs oh, yeah. with it. It's gorgeous. It's so it, beautifully it made. But why why that specific spot? I know you're you know a lot more than you let on to me. So is there a specific reason why that place is so important? Ley lines? Well, I fairy you know, tunnels. I, what do you know? I I can neither confirm or deny anything that I'm about to tell you, but um <laughs> It is a it, well. First and foremost, geographically, right. it is you know the highest spot in the area. And even if you're driving on Crosstown uh, between Lindale and 35W, if you look to your left, if you're driving driving east, you can see it. So it's a geographic high high spot. But I will say this: um, according to a tradition that I happen to be a part of, I know that in other parts of the world. Things like water towers or statues or prominent, you know, um, things that occur in cities that everybody sees and they walk around and they hardly pay any attention to because they see it all the time. Some of these places, there are very important things hidden inside of them, and they sort of fall under that category of hidden in plain sight. Now, I'm not saying there's anything in the Washburn water tower. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there's no water in there anymore. So could it be? So you and I should go out there with our uh, metal detectors and uh, a drill to see if we can start working our way in from underneath the water tower? (laughs) Dave, we would never get A little national treasure action? What do you think, Scott Walter? (laughs) Well, I'm willing to try if you are. Let's let's go for it. What do you say? I'm I'm excited about it. We we do have to take a break in a few seconds. We'll come back and discuss the Kensington Rune Stone, or as some of the enlightened listeners refer to it as the Rube Stone, or the fake that is known as the Kensington Rune Stone. Been proven oh. many times over that it's a fake. We'll talk about that when we return. Scott Walter, our special guest, right here on Drive Time with the Russia. I'm Dave Schrader on News Talk 830 WCCO. Scott Walter, he is my most famous reindeer, and his nose glows and shows us the way to the truth. Well, at least that's my thought. Not always the thought of the people looking into these things. The Rube Stone, the fake Kensington Rune Stone. There are a lot of claims that this Rune Stone that we have up in Minnesota is nothing more than shenanigans. But if only there was somebody I knew that was an actual professional forensic geologist, a a host of shows like America Unearthed, Secrets of the Viking Stone, Pirate Treasures of the Knights Templar. Uh, Oh, I do. It's Scott Walter, my guest. Scott, welcome back. Uh, Let's talk about the Kensington Rune Stone and its sordid history and magic allure and uh, where people can see it here in the Twin Cities or in the uh, Minnesota area. Oh, boy, that's a loaded one, Dave. Um, You know, I think we should first tell people the Kensington Runestone was found by a Swedish immigrant farmer named Olaf Bowman, um, who was clearing trees in preparation for for farming on his 100-acre parcel up near Kensington, Minnesota, which is about 15 miles west, southwest of Alexandria, about a two-hour drive from the cities. And 
you know, when this thing first came out of the ground, it was very interesting that the very first person to look at it was a scholar at the University of Minnesota named Olas Breda. And, you know, here we are over, you know, 125 years later, looking back on the history of what happened. And it was really tragic because essentially what this guy did is he looked at it and he couldn't make heads or tails out of it. Um, He was able to decipher a little bit, but he eventually concluded, well, I don't know what this thing is. I can't figure it out. I'm a scholar. I'm the expert here. And if I can't figure it out, there must be something wrong. So he concluded that it was a fake. Wait a minute. There's ego involved in this field? Stop it. Stop it. Did I say that? No, I'm implying it. (laughs) Well, no, but, you know, I I guess if if I had to say, and, you know, I've done a lot of work on the runestone. I've written four books, including one that's 574 pages that goes down every rabbit hole you can imagine on this artifact. And I can tell you now, Dave, that just about everything you've ever heard about the runestone, all the rumors are, are false. They're just not correct. And, but, and, and what I've concluded is that when I looked at the history of the investigations, really the issue was problems of the human condition. Ego, you brought it up right there. In this case, this guy clearly didn't know what he had. He didn't want to say the magic words, I don't know. The easiest thing for him to do was dismiss it and claim that it was a hoax. But what happened was that set a very important precedent within academia. And having dealt with academia for a long time in certain disciplines, one thing you do not do is step on the toes of your predecessors or your colleagues. And really, this was part of the problem. It wasn't the whole problem, but it was it was a big part of it. And at the end of the day, for me, it boiled down to the geology, to the rock. And the rock, after doing a weathering study, after comparing the weathering of the inscription with um, tombstones with known age, the rock told me that it was old. Now, Dave, I'm going to tell you something that's a little bit shocking. But I trust rocks. I don't trust some people because rocks don't what? have ego. They don't have agendas. They don't care. They just are. All right. I respect that. Okay. I respect so, that. So the runestone told me it was real. The rock said it was real. Therefore, everything in that inscription, because it's dated 1362, must be consistent with that time period. So what I did in from 2003 to 2005, after I wrote my report and I was roundly criticized, and I asked people at the time, I said, look, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. If I made a mistake, point it out. Where in my report did I make a mistake? Well, I didn't make a mistake. They just didn't like the result because it's a fake. <laughs> and, and, you know, I said, well, tough hop. Sometimes life doesn't go your way. And let me, if I can just say this for the detractors out there, yeah, yeah. just something to consider, that it was a, a handful of years ago, like within the last 50 years, that a doctor came forward and said, you know, I think ulcers are a bacterial issue that we can treat with antibiotics. I don't think they're actual holes in the stomach. I don't think it's necessarily from the acid. And he was laughed out of medical conventions. They laughed him out of his career. And lo right. and behold, about 10 years later, you know what they found out? That the Kensington runestone held the... No, that it was actually a bacterial (laughs) infection that could be treated with antibiotics. Science makes mistakes. Yes. Well, you know, and I I don't want to go down the rabbit hole too far, but the bottom line is, is that, 
logic is 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 really important when you're doing forensic investigations and that's what I do for a living and I'm actually pretty good at it but the logic is clear okay if this runestone is real the rock told me it was real I went over to Sweden five times and I found everything the language the runes the dialect the grammar the dating because it had to be there cuz the rock said so of course all that did was piss off the academics even more but you know that's not my problem that's their problem but the other thing that's true is if this is real, somebody carved it. They came from someplace over in Europe, and they came over here to the center of the continent for some reason. And that's what I've spent the last 23 years investigating, and I think I have the answers to all of those questions. But the bottom line for people in Minnesota that live here to understand is that the Kensington runestone is arguably the most important historical artifact in the history of this continent, certainly in the history of this country, because it's directly related to the people who founded this country we now call the United States of America. The Kensington runestone is a land claim, a very complex land claim. It was found on the North-South Continental Divide, nobody else has ever brought that up. Nobody ever bothered to look because it was a fake. But when you investigate the Kensington Runestone, everything fits as it must if it is authentic and true. And here's the other dirty little secret about forensics. You ready for this, Dave? Bring it on. If we have voluminous evidence, which we do, in multiple disciplines— geology, language, runes, dialect, grammar, dating, history of the 14th century, history of the late 19th century when it was found, all of it is consistent with authenticity. How can there possibly be evidence to support the contrary? It can't exist, and it doesn't exist. Everything you've ever heard negative about the runestone is either not true or somebody's opinion that isn't supported with facts. So there's no truth to the fact that on the reverse side of the stone, it says drink more Ovaltine? Uh, yeah, sure, but, <laughs> but we digress, right? right? It's funny how people can jump onto silly trends like that and, well, I read it online, so I know that this is false, and, and Scott's just trying to sell a book. Uh, it's crazy. Instead of looking at the science of a situation, it would be much easier to take somebody's word that wrote about it on the interwebs. Well, unfortunately, that's what happens. And, you know, this is a, a much deeper well, and, a, and there's a much deeper discussion that can be had. But the bottom line is this, folks. We should be proud as hell of the Kensington Runestone. I mean, if you, if you really dig deep, you know, there is no evidence to support it. Olaf Ullman, you know, was playing a joke. Playing a joke on who? <laughs> what, the learned? What acts did he grind, have to grind with, with academics? But at the end of the day, that's not evidence. That's right. somebody's opinion. And, but what's amazing is that people are persuaded by personal um, arguments, right. by, by things about people, and they forget sometimes to strip away that stuff, look at the facts, and when you do that, it stands tall and proud, and it is... It should be the first thing that people see when they walk into the Capitol down in St. In, uh, in Paul, because it is the most important historical artifact, certainly in Minnesota and arguably in, in our nation. And, and that's it, Dave. I, I, game, set, match.
All right. And it's not in St. Paul at the state capitol, but you can go visit it in a museum, which also shows other interesting artifacts and histories from in and around the area. It's like an hour and a half, maybe two hours from the Twin Cities. Take a drive. Learn a little bit more about these secret places. Scott, we have to go. I'd love to have you back in the future and discuss more strange and unusual secrets of Minnesota. Would you do that with me? I would love to, Dave. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it's only the beginning. we got a lot of great stuff here in Minnesota. We just need to clue people in. Fantastic. You can check out scottwalteranswers.blogspot.com for more information, and he will communicate back and forth with you there. You can also check yeah. out his book at hookedx.com. That's H-O-O-K-E-D-X.com. We will take a break. We'll come back with more of drive, drive Time with Russia right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Conflicting reports say Jason DeRussia is back. He is not. I'm still here and will be with you until the 6 o'clock hour. I'm Dave Schrader filling in for Jason. I'll be here with you today and again on Friday. So I've been talking about strange places and interesting sites that you can visit in our great state. We talked, of course, with Scott Walter in the first part of that segment. And if you missed our first hour talking about strange holiday traditions, you can check out the podcast that we uh, put up and it's already up and available. Um, it is on the Audacity podcast app, Apple iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcast provider is. Joining me now is a gentleman that uh, I was excited to speak with because every list I found of the strangest, most unusual sites in Minnesota, this is one of the top three, and it is the, uh, the, the quietest room in the world. And that's located at the Orfield Laboratories. And the claims are that if you spend any time in this room, it could drive you mad. Nobody's been able to get beyond 45 minutes, according to the online internet claims. But I don't know if that's true. Let's find out. We're going to talk to the man in charge and get some information. Stephen Orfield, welcome to WCCO. Thank you for being here. Thanks for calling. This is uh, this is cool. Why are you on all of these lists of strange and obscure places? Well, a couple of reasons. One is that Guinness has three times awarded us um, an award for having the quietest place on earth because 
the anechoic chamber, the dead room in our, our federally accredited acoustic lab, is the quietest uh, place that's ever been submitted to Guinness. And our me- and our measurements were accepted um, instantly because we're a federally accredited acoustical lab. What is the purpose for a room like that? Well, there are two kinds of rooms in, in acoustic labs. One is a reverberation chamber and one is an anechoic chamber. One is completely live, one is completely dead. And they both are used for all kinds of standardized testing. So all over the world, these kinds of rooms are used. But anechoic chambers are much more rare. So we have the only uh, full anechoic chamber that's quiet in the United States. All right. And now there are these, like I said, strange online claims that people can only spend 15 to 30 minutes in their tops before they start to go buggy. 45 minutes was the longest that's been reported from an actual uh, journalist that spent time in there. And if you were to go an hour, it would drive you insane. What's what's the stories behind these uh, these online and Internet uh, stories and, and fabrications out there? Well, in 2012, I was contacted by the London Daily Mail who wanted to do a piece on us um, because of the Guinness record. And after they did the piece on us, one of the things they stated in that piece, which was a false claim, is that no one has lasted for more than 45 minutes. What we told them is when, when we have the press in on a major interview, we insist that the reporter spends 45 minutes in the dark in our chamber so that before they report on silence, they experience it. But that's what we told them. They they turned that into a threat and a worry. <laughs> Why in the, the dark? Other thing, the other thing they did what, that was can I ask was what does the bad. dark have to do with it? Well, if you if you are sitting in an anechoic chamber and it's light in there, then you can see all the horizontal lines and all the gridding, and you have your orientation um, because you don't have any oral or acoustic orientation. If it's dark, you have no visual orientation, and so you've lost both of your of your anchors to orienting yourself to the room. All right. And does that have an impact on you aside from just being unnerving? Yes. You, you, for example, if you try to walk around in that chamber in the dark, um, you will find that pretty soon you'll lose your balance. All right. Very strange. So, so the claims are unjustified, although you are putting yourself in a really extreme environment, taking away your visual perspective, your auditory. It says that you can actually begin to hear your own bodily noises as silent as the heartbeat might be in your own chest. That's right, because it, it, it used to be thought that hearing had a fixed threshold, but about 30 years ago they discovered that hearing was plastic, meaning that the quieter the space you were in, the more you could hear. And so once you've been in the anechoic chamber for 30 to 45 minutes, you can hear your heartbeat. You can hear the scraping of your joints and your arms and your legs. You can hear the your heartbeat. <laughs> I started hearing those from... at age 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can hear the buzzes in your ears. You can hear all kinds of things you never heard before. That would be the one question I'd have because I do. I have to sleep with a fan at night because if it's quiet, I don't have tinnitus that I'm aware of, although years of doing radio and wearing uh, cans on my ears might actually have an impact. I'm, I'm afraid I would get in there and just the, the silence would would drive me crazy. Well, it does for small numbers of people, but large numbers of people find it extremely peaceful. I bet. That's, that's fat. Maybe I can swing in there sometime and you can let me have a few minutes and, and try it out, Stephen. 
I'd be delighted to have you. Now, this this site is also really kind of uh, exciting because there's a lot of interesting things that have taken place there. You dropped one bomb on me yesterday. Why why are your studios also well known in the music industry? Well, our our building is in the in the National Register of Historic Places because of its music history. It was originally built in 1970 as Sound 80 Studios, and in 1975. In collaboration with 3M, it became the world's first digital recording studio. And so we have another Guinness record for having the world's first digital recording studio. So 3M invented multi-track digital recording, and, and, and Sound 80 was the only major modern recording studio in Minnesota at the time. And so 3M asked them to collaborate in introducing the technology. And, uh, and not long after that, um, Prince recorded his first recordings there. And Bob Dylan, who'd done Blood in the Tracks out at Columbia Studios in New York, um, came to Minneapolis and, and listened to the outtakes on it and, and found out that um, he didn't like what he'd done. And so he asked his brother to put together a band in Minneapolis, and he re-recorded half the tracks. So Blood on the Tracks had a lot of its, its songs recorded in our Studio One here. Very cool. Great little slices of history and Guinness Book records. And is it available? Can people come to the labs to do tours? Yes, we have we have tours on a constant basis. So we have tours where people come in and, and uh, do an hour and a half tour uh, alone or with with a uh, wife or friend. And, and we also have uh, what's called an airfield challenge, where if they want to see how long they could stay in the chamber in the dark. Um, we let them stay in the chamber, and, and they pay an hourly fee for that. And we currently have a four-hour record. We've got somebody who's come in and sat in the chamber in the dark for four hours and, and made it. Um, and and we, I think we've got somebody coming in next week to challenge that. Wow, very cool. Yeah, I'll have to uh, talk to you about that, too, and see if they're able to uh, beat that threshold. I'm curious, is has it ever been somebody that's uh, that's deaf put into the room, and is there an impact or an effect on them uh, having that experience to be deaf but now be in the quietest room on the planet? Uh, yeah. It's, uh, for example, I have a cousin who who um, was heard perfectly until he got a virus in his ears, and then he, he transformed to profound deafness. And when he when he spent time talking to me in the anechoic chamber, and he had very good hearing aids, of course, but when he when he talked with me in the anechoic chamber, he told me that that was the best he'd ever heard um, a voice since he had his hearing loss. So was he still wearing the hearing aids when you talked to him? Oh, yes. Okay, and but it was so clear and concise. That's fascinating. Very yeah, cool. what happens in the anechoic chambers is you lose all reflections. Mm-hmm. So in most rooms, when you talk, there's a room effect. And much of what you hear isn't from the person talking, but from the reflection of their talking. And the only place in the world you can go with no room effect is is an anechoic chamber. And Stephen was kind enough to record me in there. Let's go ahead and play that audio of my actual voice. Yes, welcome to WCCO. I'm Dave Schrader sitting in for Jason to Russia. Yeah, you're right. That does sound profoundly different when you don't have the background room noise. Very weird. Thank you so much, Stephen Orfield with Orfield Laboratories in uh, Minneapolis. You can check it out and find a way to go on in and uh, get a tour, maybe even take the challenge. Stephen, it's a pleasure talking to you, sir. Thank you so much. 
You're quite welcome. All right, let's take a quick break. This is Drive Time with DeRussia. Sitting in for Jason, I'm Dave Schrader right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back to the program. This is Drive Time with DeRussia. Sitting in for Jason, I'm Dave Schrader right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. You can reach me through the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line at 651-461-9226. That's 651-461-9226. Are there any hidden gems in the Twin Cities or in and around our great state that you're aware of that we don't know or haven't spoken about? Just really cool little locations to go visit, something interesting to see. And since we were talking about auditory issues, right, and and uh, how we perceive things, I hosted for a long time a true crime podcast, right, and uh, True Crime Tuesdays. And I got to tell you, I I recorded the show one night. Uh, Later on that night, I had to go do another live show, and I'm streaming from my home studio. And halfway through the studio, uh, through the uh, interview, I start hearing a woman screaming, help, help me, help. And I look over at my wife, and I'm like, are you hearing this? She takes out her headphones and hears the screaming. And at first we're like, is it one of the kids? Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it before. I have 11 children. Uh, so they're, you know, in many different frames of mind during sleep. So she does a quick scan of the house, make sure nobody's having a nightmare. Nobody. As a matter of fact, when she's downstairs, she couldn't even hear it. So the, she calls police. Police, we're going to go run out and check it out. She quiets down. A little bit later, we start hearing, help! Help me! Help! Screaming. It's terrifying. I'm in the middle of a live show. I start talking about it on the live show that I'm hearing something. The police, again, we're going to go check it out. Uh, At the end of the show, it happens again. So I get off the air. I call the police this time. I'm going to, my toxic masculinity is through the roof, right? I call. I'm like, listen, what are you doing about this? And they're like, sir, we've sent police out there. They've driven by. I go, you don't drive by. Obviously, a woman is being beaten and dragged for three hours, sir. Well, then multiple women are being beaten and dragged. Sir, we'll send a police officer out. Sure enough, cop shows up in my front yard. I go outside. I tell him what's going on. He goes, how long have you lived here, sir? I said, I've lived here for about six months in this area. And he goes, "Um, all right, I appreciate it. I'm going to do one more sweep through the area, but you're pretty new here, and this is the time of year foxes begin mating. And I'm like, what are you saying? He goes, that's a fox mating call. I'm like, it is not. It is a woman screaming for help. He said, do yourself a favor and just – just go ahead and Google that. And I said, listen, I do a true crime podcast, so I'm pretty sure I know what I'm talking about <laughs> right, over the police. And he goes, I'm telling you, I'm just – it's something you might want to examine for yourself, Dave. So what do I do? I go inside and I play this. Now, that sounds like just a terrifying giant cuckoo clock, right? But there are other – help from inside. It sounds like help from a woman. This is the most terrifying, and I'm saying that says a lot, but it is one of the most terrifying mating sounds. And I've been in college towns at closing time. I know what the mating sounds sound like. It's terrifying. That is unnerving, very bizarre. Uh, a couple of questions, people coming in through the uh, the talk and text line here. The city's one plumbing talk and text line six five one four six one nine two two six. Dave, I'm still a little confused on the rune stone with uh, Scott Walter. Are you saying it's real or not real? No, he was saying it is real. He was just explaining why some people believe it to be a fake and how he was able to actually go in and examine the stone and prove that it is real. And now you can go see it for yourself with the story and everything. It's located in Kensington, Minnesota. You can go up there. Uh, Somebody also brought up to my attention that uh, we also have a Bigfoot statue 
that people should visit. It's not what you think it is, though. It's not a Sasquatch statue. Up north near uh, Sauk Center, there's a giant uh, foot statue. It's just mm. a foot. Just a foot? Yeah, giant foot. I was going to say, they got the Jack Link's Bigfoot guy over at Target Center if people want to go. Yes. I've, I've Bigfoot. He's pictures right uh, posing in his yeah. lap, cuddling yeah. with him. We also have, I think at Lesseur, they've got the Jolly Green Giant. Sure. So there's many different. We are a, a state filled Lots with Lots of Paul Bunyan stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like that. Um, yeah, the, the Runestone is located in Kensington. Go check it out. Uh, Deb says from Maple Grove, I saw the Runestone. And in addition, there were some other artifacts that lent real credibility to me. Thank you very much, Deb, from Maple Grove. We appreciate that as well. Uh, yeah, I'd love to know. Let me know. You can hit me up through the talk and text line. Just text it to me. We're going to move on to some other topics and some news when we come back after this. Filling in for Jason DeRusha today and on Wednesday, I'm Dave Schrader. You're tuned in to News Talk 830-WCCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.